back, everybody. It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We are about to get into our 20 million movement Bible study where we're going to talk about rest. Uh, rest in the uh, book of Hebrews. So I tend it. to think we might be heading to Hebrews chapter 4 there, Rick. Is it chapter 4? I, I think I think that's um, where it talks about uh, rest in the book of Hebrews. But before we do, before we do, we have text messages to cover. We have um, a quiz to cover. And I can see that... Uh, Rick is busily looking for the next clue for the quiz, and so while he's looking I for that, am. I'm going to look up. I have some great text messages came through here as well. Let's see what we've have got. we had answers to, to all the other ones, Shell? We have. Yeah. Oh, okay. well done. Congratulations to all those who have sent in correct answers. So we're up to the 400-pointer. Which of David's brothers scolded him for coming to see the battle with the Philistines? Ooh, 400 points. Which okay. of his brothers? That's, that, one's, that one's a... Naughty uh, boy, David. That one's a little bit more challenging. Uh, let's see if you can figure that one out. Number to call is 0491-064-669. That's 0491. Make sure you save this number in your phone because I always say it too fast. Yeah. So you've got to write it down on a piece of paper and save it in your phone. So here we go. 0491-064-669. That's the breakfast show number. All right, let's go to, to some text messages right here. Um, Freco sends this one through. He says, Habakkuk, great book, speaks to us today. Habakkuk 3.17, uh, fig trees do not ever blossom. The flower is in the side, the fruit germinated by a wasp laying its young inside the fruit. Interesting verse. Um, I haven't quite got the significance of it, but maybe Freco can uh, continue <laughs> elaborate. to el- elaborate on that one. Um, or maybe we we probably should just head over there and have a look at that passage and see what it's all about. Um, let me see uh, other text messages here. China Olympic Games should never be. So many countries have borrowed so much money from them, um, and this is so true. Uh, you can travel anywhere you want in the world pretty much, and you're going like, yeah, China did that development. China did this development. That's why That's why they're not getting into trouble. Um. It continues on here with um, another text message. They are afraid of the consequences. The Muslims in prison in China is a disgrace to the Muslims nations who are basically doing nothing about it. Uh, that's that's an interesting thought. There's some pretty powerful Islamic nations around the place with a lot of money. Yeah, it's quiet on that front. Maybe I'm reading in the wrong places, but it seems relatively quiet. It's like China's a, not a sleeping giant, but uh, and you don't want to get over political with it, but you think... They've been untouchable, aren't they? I'm interested in the process here, Lord. Why, why are countries sitting back on this? Why, where's the tactics moving? Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's a, it's, a, it's just an interesting question it that is. we don't have the answer no. to, uh, except that you know we can sort of see where. Um, I mean, you know, we can see the financial impact that China has on our world. That. That amount of money. That amount of money. Four billion. Some would say, well, that's not a big amount to invest in getting the Olympics going. But to look at what they plan to do with billion as a result of it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So that that's got to speak big big terms. Okay. As for the rest of the world, they don't want to lose their trade hypocrisy in the highest. What a world we live in when the big bully gets away with murder. Has the world forgotten uh, COVID and who gave it to the world? How- <laughs> How many have died because of it? Most world leaders have no shame. God is watching. Um, and then finally, another text message here that simply says, appreciated the new health seg- health segment. Thank you. Yeah, good. Um, and Rick and I were talking about that off air. We were. 
That was really interesting. I'd love to. I, there's got to be more on this. It's yes. just opened up a whole heap of areas I haven't looked at. I've never thought of the days of creation in relationship to health. You know, when I think about health in, in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, I'm like, yeah, the, the original diet given to man, and I move on. You yeah. know, fruits, grains, nuts, vegetables, those kind of things. You find those in the first three chapters of Genesis, and uh, I'm like, well, that's what it says about health in the first three chapters, but when uh, Dr. Justin came on and pointed out that God spent just as much time creating air. Yeah, now that's fascinating. Because, as he did all of the kinds of Because we want to get onto the animals and humanity. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and God is saying, I spent as much time with this. Uh, so we need to we need Because to we, think think of, we think of animals and humanity as being complex. Yeah. The, yeah. So to me, unfortunately... It's another thing I'm going to have to go and have a look at. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Fortunately. That was a really good interview. Yep. Um, so uh, the plan is to get Justin back on next month. Um, we will uh, see how we can how we go to get that uh, happening. If we don't get him back on next month, we are getting him back. Uh, valuable. Uh, because we do have a variety of medical professionals who are going to be sharing with us here on Faith FM as we progress through this year. So this is going to be a great new segment, mm. and I'm super looking forward yeah. to it. All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 15 this morning. That's where we're going to start in our study of the book of Hebrews is Genesis 15. Oh. So, yeah, I, I, I read the title here and it's all about rest. And I'm like, that's got to be Hebrews chapter 4. And it is. We are going to get there. But we're going to get there by starting in Genesis 15. Uh, Rick, do you want us to start for us uh, in verse 13 there? Genesis 15, verse 13. Yeah. Um, Let's read a few verses here. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. Will I continue? Yeah, keep going. You, however, verse 15, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. And in the fourth generation your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not been yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch peered and passed between the pieces. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, Abram and said, To your descendants I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river. The Euphrates still going? Well, it continues on there and it, yep. and it, and it really gives us the borders of the promised land, it doesn't does. it? It does, yep. And one of the reasons that God gave this land to Abraham and his descendants was that it was to be a place of rest. Now, that does not mean that they would live there and not do anything because, you know, God gave, you know, work to humanity. Work is an important thing for all of us to do. And God was not going, didn't come to him and say, hey, I'm going to give you a land that is flowing with milk and honey where you can just sit down on your backsides and do nothing for, you know, the, the, the span of your life. But this was to be a place where they could rest. And, what, and you really see this um, illustrated when you find when they go to Egypt, because the Bible says right here, you know, that your descendants would go down to Egypt and that they would be uh, slaves down in there in Egypt for 400 years. And when they go down to Egypt, one of the things that Pharaoh does is he stops them from resting. Um, So if we go over to Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter, let me just just go to Exodus 5, I think it is. Let's just flick over here and we can read it right there. There's a very interesting passage. Uh, Exodus chapter 5 and verse 5. Exodus 5 and verse 5. You got that one for us? Yeah, Pharaoh said, Look, 
the people of the land are numerous and you are stopping them from working. Okay, stopping them from working. Yeah. It's interesting, uh, my translation says, you make them rest from their labours. Ah, and the word rest there is yeah. the word sabbath. So, you know, it's simply uh, it's the word from which we get Sabbath, Sabbath. today. Yep. Uh, and it, so it would seem that, well, it would be obvious that if you have slaves and if you are Pharaoh and if you are an Egyptian, you don't give slaves the Sabbath off. You know, in, in, unless you're a Christian or a Jew or whatever, um, <laughs> you're not going to give uh, your servants or your slaves the Sabbath off. Anytime. So seven days a week, just full on. Yeah, that's how, that's, that was the whole concept of ancient slavery and modern slavery, I should say. Modern slavery is exactly the same. Slaves don't get days off. Time off. No. That's, that's not how slavery works. And that's part of the horror of slavery. Yeah. Um, and it truly is horrific in that respect. And so when you find that God is giving them their own land, a part of the concept behind that is that this is a place where they would be able to rest and they would be able to experience rest and that they would be able to keep the Sabbath, um, something that you cannot do as a slave. And this is one of the reasons, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it in here in just a moment, um, where in Deuteronomy, when God, when, when God through Moses, you know, re-gives the Ten Commandments, Moses actually highlights this point that, you know, uh, you were slaves, and every Sabbath, when you have a day off, you can remember that once you were slaves, and there was once a point in time when you couldn't have that day off. That that time didn't exist. It's a really powerful point here um, that I, that I'm hearing, Law. It's only when you're redeemed, when you're put in a special place, that this, that rest becomes really important. Yes, because we take it so much for granted because. You know, growing up in a Western society where we have a weekend, we have two days off. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of how it is. It's just eat too easy. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, so it's we don't appreciate it in the way that we would. We don't appreciate the Sabbath in the way that we would. If we had been slaves at some point, if particular we were point. denied that, if we were denied that, yep. And uh, you sort of think about, and this is sort of sending my mind in a few different directions <laughs> right now. But I think about the angels. Do they appreciate redemption in the same way that we do? Because they've never experienced. It, it's, it's interesting if 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 I can mention Ellen White here, where yes. she speaks, she speaks about the angels speaking to the redeemed about what it was like to be saved by the blood of Jesus. I mean, folks, think about in the kingdom, you'll be able to actually talk to the angels about being saved by the blood of Jesus. It's, it's, you could spend a year just thinking about that. You could. You could. And, and the other point, you mentioned the, you know, the redeemed. What, I love, what we miss so much when we get into Exodus and read, read the commandments where they're given, the verse prior to that, prior to have no other gods before me. Yes, yes, the, the introduction. The, the introduction is... And it should never be read without the introduction. Because I've redeemed you from bondage, because I've redeemed you from slavery, don't have any other God. So the value of the law and the commandments in that sense were given to a redeemed, but they were given, you know, in slavery in that, but they were given to be fully enjoyed by a redeemed people. I just find that very powerful. And I think this is one of the great connections that we have between redemption and the Sabbath. Yes. You know, for instance, you've got that passage in... Uh, um, in, in, in Ezekiel where it says, you know, that it links um, 
the Sabbath and sanctification together. Yeah. Um, you know, keep the Sabbath as a sign that I am the Lord your God that sanctifies you. And most people get this mixed up. They sort of see the Sabbath as some sort of burden. Yes. But it's not. It's a joy when you're in Christ. It's a joy when you're in. Yeah. It, it, it does my head in. It's like, okay, God comes along and says, I'll give you a public holiday once a week. Now, I'll be generous. You know, not once a year, but once a week. Yeah. And, uh, and not only that, but this is a day where you can spend a whole day in worship. And we're like, oh, no, 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 that's, that, that's legalism. That's a burden. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What part of that is in any way, shape, negative? What part of that is, is in any way, shape, a bad thing? Yeah. And, 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 I've, and I've posed that question a couple of times. And people are like, because it's specific to a day, you know, if God just sort of said, well, you know, any day in seven, then then that's fine. But if you make it specific to a day, then that becomes a burden because that might be inconvenient on occasions. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something from the experience of a Sabbath keeper. Here's what's inconvenient. If, you're, if you don't actually have it specified to a particular day, you easily let it slip. Yep, it becomes anything. And then you can go one week, two weeks, three weeks, and you get busy with life and you let it slip. But from a Sabbath keeper's perspective, from somebody, you know, who actually practices this, the fact that I choose to do this, you know, every week on the day that God said means that it never slips. I've made it a non-negotiable in my life and so... Basically, what I now have is a non-negotiable blessing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if I'd have made it negotiable or if God had made it negotiable, then let's be honest. I, we all know how yeah. we would operate we, as human beings. Absolutely. I, I remember a conversation in a Bible study uh, 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 discussing Sabbath, and, and, and the gentleman said to me, look, why, be so, why is God so specific? It's crazy. I said, look, let's look at it this way. You're married. Do you mind if I commit adultery with your wife? Oh, excuse me. No, you can't do that. And I said, okay, um, I love your car. Do you mind if I steal that? No, 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 you can't. I said, why then have you chosen one out of the ten to say it's not relevant? And he just looked at me and he said, hang on a minute. That's my rational, that's my, that's my way of thinking. It's not right, is it? He said, why have I chosen the fourth to be sort of, I don't want that? And you mentioned a couple of others that I would never allow to happen. Uh-huh. So he went away and rethought the whole process. So I think you're right, Lyle. I think we, we sort of think and said, uh, well, God, we don't need a specific day. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But God is saying, humanity, you need a specific day because it's important. Because if you don't have one, you're not gonna have you any. won't get one. Yep. You won't make it for yourself. No. You know? We know what we're like. <laughs> we do. We do. I mean, just just think about human nature because, you know, you and I keep the uh, the Sabbath from sundown to sundown, you know, which is the biblical model. And uh, think about how often on a Friday you work, 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 work up into the last minute. Yeah. And if God hadn't been specific and specifically said sundown. We just keep going. Exactly. And we'd miss it. We're doing God's work. We would, we would, we would, we would miss it. Yeah. So, and, and the whole idea of God being specific, some people are really uncomfortable with that, and yet he needs to be specific for uh-huh. humanity. That's right. Um, but this, we struggle. Governments over- get this, you know. Governments, I mean, when governments write laws, look how specific they are. You get pulled up by a policeman. Officer, I was only doing 32 kilometres over the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, let me have your license. Yes. I have a pair of scissors yeah. right here. <laughs> let me cut that in half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, amazing stuff. And, and, and this, is, this is the blessing that there is with God giving the Sabbath, being specific about the Sabbath, is that he, he gives us that excuse that we need to take that rest, that guilt-free rest. Because you imagine if God had never given us the Sabbath, you know, and, and, and I've got lots of friends and you know, who are not, not Sabbath keepers or not Christians or whatever it might be, and if they take a day where you know, they're just sitting around doing nothing for an entire day, they start to feel guilty. Mm. You know, if they take a day of rest, yeah. not, not sitting around doing nothing, but take a day of just yeah. rest. They, 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 you, you try and give them a day of rest and all they do is sit there and think of all of the list of things that they should be getting done. Yeah. Well, my next-door neighbour where, where we live, he, he works five days a week and then uh, uh, works two days a week on his house. Yeah. And, and we walk by taking a dog for and, and he says, I'm worn out on Sunday. I'm worn out on Monday, and I think to, to me it tells you get me twice a, as much done if he if he if he if took, had a rest if he had a rest took it tells the me more about God than anything else. It says God knows our frame. It's like uh, we're talking to the medic. God knows our frame. He knows we need the cycle of rest. He knows we need as humans that cycle of rest. And, you know, and I think of your neighbour, and, and 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 it's like okay, this is a classic example because if you told him, look, on the weekend, just work on Sundays. Yeah. On the Saturday, he'd be feeling guilty. Oh, I've got to get this house built. You know, I've got this, got this massive project hanging over my head. I can take the Sabbath, and I'm building a house as well, yep. renovating a house, and I've got this massive project hanging over my head that's been hanging over my head for a couple of years, and I take the Sabbath as a day of worship to God, and I never think about it. And, and I, think, I think you've raised a really important point. The other thing is for Christians, for Adventist Christians particularly, is... When you're in that day of rest, where are you? I, I have friends yes. who think, I can't wait, let's finish because I'm thinking of what I'm going to do with my building tomorrow <laughs> or my car race or my music or that. And I think God is also saying, come and rest with me and your people. Uh, you're not going to get that totally out of your mind, but you've got to prioritise where I am in that place. That's right. You, and that's reality. Is that's you're, not reality. Going, you're not going yep. to get it totally out of your mind. Yep. That's never going to happen. Uh, but you know when it does come into your mind, you're not going to feel guilty that you are not um, out there swinging a hammer yeah. or you know fixing a car or whatever it might be. It's like yeah, I don't need to do that. And, today. and that's why I can see Scripture talks about the law as a delight. Yes, it's the only reason for me the law is not a delight is because you're not in Christ. <laughs> yes, there's no condemnation for yes. them in Jesus, and that's, that's right. So the horse and cart that's where that's where the law becomes so precious as a boundary. I don't see them as a code. I see them as boundaries that God says, "I love you so much. I created you. I know you. I'm going to put these hedges around you so you're safe." Yes, and the Sabbath is so integral to that. It is. It yeah. is. And this is one of the reasons why you know in the book of Hebrews in chapter four in particular, and you know I know you're going to get into it in more depth as. Uh, as, as you guys go through the week, um, where God uses the Sabbath, the Sabbath rest, as a metaphor, as a symbol, as an object lesson of salvation yes. by grace. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, rather than salvation by works, like, oh, I've got to be doing this and this and this and this and this, and constantly thinking about all the things I have to do to get saved, it's like, no, I can rest. Enter my rest. Enter oh. my rest. Oof. Enter into, into God's, God's rest. God's rest. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to uh, get back into our Bible study. Before we do, we have the 500 point or the big one. The big quiz. The big quiz for 500 points. What word did the writer of Ecclesiastes use to describe the sleep of a labourer? And the books that are available for whoever wins, wins? Yes, is a, a time of departing, how ancient mystical practices are uniting Christians with the world of religion. So it's about New Age spirituality, etc. There's another one too, I think. No, that's it. That's it. So, hey, that would be a good read. It, it does a sound like a revealing account of New Age spirituality that's infiltrated much of the church today. So what's going on in that space? So that's for the winner. Ancient mysticism coming back. Time very, of- very ancient mysticism coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Invading Christianity. Yeah, interesting book. All right. Um, if you can answer the quiz question. What was that quiz question yeah, again? Yeah, I'll just give it to you again for 500 points. What word did the writer of Ecclesiastes use to describe the sleep of a labourer? Okay. Hey, that that's almost got some value for what you're talking about in our, in our study today. It kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of does. It goes along well with our with our Bible study today. We're going to be careful here. We give too many hints yeah, away. Yeah, won't give it away. Yeah. All right. So our number to call is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you can answer that question, and that prize will be coming your direction. All right. I found the verse that I was looking for. I did. I did start in the right place. Deuteronomy chapter twelve. Uh, but I started in the wrong verse. So down in verse 12, so Deuteronomy 12, sorry, Deuteronomy 5, I should say, uh, starting in verse 12. Can you read for us, Rick, um, verse 12 to 15? Yeah, we can do that. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord has commanded you. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you don't do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your manservant, your maidservant, nor your rocks, nor your donkey or any of your animals, nor the alien within your gates so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. And then verse 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you you to observe the Sabbath day. Okay, so this is interesting because what I find fascinating in uh, verse 14 right there is the emphasis uh, to by, by God to his people on this on his on their on their servants. Yeah. And even on their serving animals. And aliens. And aliens. <laughs> Bible speaks about aliens. Yeah. Yeah, well, foreigners. Foreigners. Yeah. Foreigners. Foreigners. Which is it's not just about you, God, saying. Yes. This is for everyone you're connected with. In other words, if you have an employee. Yeah. And they're not a person of your faith. They're not somebody who keeps, you know, the Sabbath, for instance. You give it to them anyway. Yeah. You don't say, oh, good, let me, uh, I need to run this business, you know, 24 7. Uh, so let me hire a bunch of non believers so I can run it 24 7. Because you know, I'll take I'll take the Sabbath off and, and and obey God. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. God's saying no. This is something that is important for humanity. Yeah, yeah. and it's important for humanity because you need. And then it goes on to verse uh, fifteen. There, you need to remember that you were once slaves. slaves. Yep. That you once worked twenty four seven. That you once had no time off. 
You need to think about that in relationship to yourself, in relationship to your employees, and in relationship even to your serving animals. Don't, and it's like God is saying, don't be selfish with my graciousness. Yeah. Share it, spread it, spread it. Yes. Yes. It's not just for you, it's for the whole household. Whoever comes into your sphere, show them who the Lord of the Sabbath is because give them rest. Absolutely. Okay, so here in Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Bible is very specific that they are to keep the Sabbath as a reminder that they were once slaves. And every time that they keep the Sabbath, uh, they are going to remember that I can do this because I am not a slave. Mm. All right, if we go back to Exodus chapter 20, we're going to find the first time the Ten Commandments are audibly given to the people, and it gives a different reason for keeping the Sabbath. What we're going to look at is the relationship between the two. So Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. Uh, Rick, have you got that one for us? Yeah, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. Is this, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. Neither you nor your son, daughter, manservant, maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth to see all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. He blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay. So in... Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Bible says, keep the Sabbath day as a reminder that you were once slaves. Here in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11, the Bible says, keep the Sabbath day as a reminder that I created you. You know, I just saw something in this verse I've never seen before. Uh, And I saw it because of our interview earlier. It says here, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all them in, this, in them is and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath. When the Bible says God made heaven, this, you know, the three heavens, first heaven is the atmospheric heaven, God made the air, there's a reference to the air. Mm. We had an interview about the air earlier. Maybe I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm stretching that one a little bit too far. But anyway, um, nonetheless, the Bible says here to remember that God created us. The Sabbath yeah. is a reminder that God created us. Uh, and that he created us and our world in six days. Okay, so what's the relationship between the two? One says, remember that you were once slaves. The other says, remember that you were created. Thoughts there, Rick, on the relationship between the two? That you were once slaves and that you were once created. I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is a good question. Uh, I am your creator. Yes, You've been in slavery. I've brought you out of slavery. I'm redeeming you. Yes. I know you. Uh, I'm thinking it through, Lyle. It's a good yep. question. Yep. Yeah, see, this is, this is one that would be a great question to throw at your uh, students back when you were teaching. You could throw this one out there as, a, as an assignment topic and say, okay, go and yeah, go write and, an essay. Yeah, on write this. an essay on this one. <laughs> Here's my thoughts on it because this is, a, this is a question that's come straight out of the Bible study. I'm just yep. reading it straight out. And this is, these are my thoughts, and that is this. Okay, so from Exodus 20, we know that we keep the Sabbath as a memorial of creation. Oh, right, yep, yep. Yep. Then in Exodus chapter 5, we keep the Sabbath as a memorial of redemption. Yep. Okay? So um, in Exodus 5, they're redeemed from slavery. But the fact is they are redeemed. So then for you and I, you and I have been redeemed from slavery to sin. 
Now, that act of redemption, the converting power of God, is God's creative power. Ah, there you go. That's a good connection. So this, this, this is what I'm saying here. God uses his creative power to speak the world into existence, to create human beings, uh, to create the world as we know it. Then it gets messed up by sin, and God uses his creative power to convert a person. Yeah, to save. To change a person, to save a person, to make us into a different person, and it's the same power being used in both circumstances. Yeah. And so from that perspective, you could say that both Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5 are about God's creative power. One to create the world and one to well, one to create the human, one to recreate Re- yeah. the human. Ah, that's the link that I see right there. Maybe you see something else. Maybe you see something different. We'd love to hear from you. Our number is 0491064669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Do we have answers for the quiz questions? We do. Oh, we do. fantastic. We do. Very quickly, we'll go through our big pentathlon quiz. The 100 points. Do I need to say the question again? Was Damascus. The second question was father. Answer was father. Ravenous animal. The third one was wolf. Uh, the 400 pointer was Eliab. Is that pronounced right? And what word did the writer of Ecclesiastes use to describe the sleep of a labourer? Sweet. Ah, like that. And yes. the winner of uh, was Christine. Well so, done. Congratulations, Christine. Well done. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. All right, I think it has come time for... Question of the Day. So, Question of the Day, Rick, what have you got for us there? I think this was something to do with uh, what we've actually been studying this morning. Yeah, a bit of a, a, bit of a backlog at the moment, which is yeah. always good, so keep those questions coming. It's, it, contextually, it fits in. Why was the Sabbath disregarded in Numbers 748? Ah, really good question. When, when this one came through, I was like, Numbers 748? What? What what are you talking? What is that even yeah. about? So we had to do some uh, some quick um, working right here. Okay, so Numbers chapter seven and verse one. So it gives, let's give a bit of context here to this. Numbers seven verse one. And this is by Freco. Oh, Freco sent this one through. Yep. Wonderful. Um, he sent us through a few messages today. We always appreciate hearing from Freco. Okay, um, Numbers seven verse one is the Bible says it came to pass on the day that Moses had fully set up the tabernacle and had anointed it and sanctified it and all the instruments, both the altar and the vessels, and anointed them and sanctified them, that the princes of Israel, the heads of the house of their fathers, who were the princes of the tribes and were over them, um, that were numbered, brought their offerings. Yep. Okay, so this is the context. Moses has finished building the sanctuary. He has anointed everything. He has sanctified everything. It's all been set apart for a holy purpose. They are about to start using it. This is like the inauguration of this particular building, this temple. Uh, in today's society, we might build a new church and have a dedication, dedication. service. Yep. Yeah, we'll have a dedication service. And, uh, um, you know, that's usually that's something that would, you know, in our context would take place on a Sabbath day. Yeah. Have a dedication service on a Sabbath day. Anyway, the Bible then goes on in Numbers chapter 7 and it lists the offerings that the princes brought. So these are all the heads of the tribes. And the Bible will say, well, on the first day, and, and they brought them one day at a time. These were very significant offerings. They were very large offerings. They were very generous. And they were a demonstration of their love to God. And so the Bible goes through and the Bible will say, well, on the first day, this particular prince came 
And then it will list the offering that he gave. And he gave this and he gave that and he gave the other and down through and list everything that was given. Then it comes down to verse 48. This is interesting. The Bible says, On the seventh day, Eliashama, the son of Amihad, prince of the children of Ephraim, brought his offering. So, you know, one per tribe, and we've now come down to the seventh day. His offering was one silver chapter. Uh, the weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, um, one golden spoon of 10 shekels, one young bullock, one ram, one lamb, uh, the first year for a burnt offering, etc., etc. It goes on down through the offering that he brought. So he's brought some gold, he's brought some silver, he's brought some... Um, some animals, he's brought some sacrifices, etc. And, you know, this was entirely appropriate uh, for what he was doing. And so, yeah, it's an interesting question here, Rick, because they didn't take the Sabbath off. No, to me, to me, it's uh, it says something about God that it was all inclusive. Um, it was offerings for the yes. temple, the dedication of the temple, and God says, whatever you're doing, that's all important. So I don't see, I, 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 I don't see any issue or conflict there. None. It's um, it's a process where God is saying this is all God's work, and the reality is, and you'll find this throughout the Bible, is that the practice of bringing an offering and giving an offering is an act of worship. Absolutely, and we continue that right to this very day. Right to this very day. Yep. So you'll go to most churches, nearly all churches, I think, and the offering plate will go around yep. at least once, sometimes yep. twice. I've been to somewhere it's gone around three, three times. times. <laughs> That's a bit much. Um, but it is still practiced today, and the offerings were in a different format from yep. what they are today. Uh, typically, offerings in my church where I go to these days, they, they make the offering announcement, everybody pulls out their mobile phone. That's right. Um, e-giving. Yep, e-giving. E-giving is, is, is the way it's done these days. And uh, you know you still you still have the uh, the bags or the bowls going around and whatever, and so this is an act of worship. It's entirely appropriate for it to take place on the Sabbath day, and that's why it did so. And of course, they had the same act of worship on the days previous, which meant that really they had like uh, you know twelve days of worship, which was which yeah. was really nice. We've come to the end of the breakfast show. It's been nice to be back with you guys for a day while I've been on annual leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Having a, rest, I will be, having a rest. Having a rest. I will be back next week um, for, for reals. But, uh, and it's been fantastic having Rick as part of the show. It's been good to be here and we be here for the next rest of the week apart yes. from Australia Day. Australia Day, that's right. Okay, so don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith. You will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.